We are to God like precious coins, worth seeking when we are lost. We are like sheep who have gone astray and yet are so valued by God that he persists in searching for us. God is here among us, and he knows us better than we know ourselves. We can keep no secrets. We can only hurt ourselves by, by hiding rather than confessing. So let us go to our Father in prayer together. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your steadfast love, for we know our transgressions, and our sin is ever before us. Against you and you alone have we sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Create in us clean hearts, O God. Teach us wisdom, for you desire truth in the inward being. Wash us, and we shall be whiter than snow. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and sustain willing spirits within us. Open our lips, O Lord, and our mouths will declare your praise. Amen. Forgiveness is not offered lightly or superficially, yet it is always available to those who recognize their spiritual poverty and seek new life in Christ. God is a refuge for those who are truly repentant. God delivers us and restores us with mercy and grace. There is great rejoicing when sinners seek forgiveness and turn to serve God in love. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. believers down through the ages, let us state what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now we invite you in the love of Christ to turn and greet your neighbors.
let me add my uh, good morning wishes to you. Great to be in worship together today at Church of the Palms. Uh, Pastor Steve McConnell is on his way back from a family wedding in Kansas today, and he will uh, be with us in worship again next week. It is great to be together today. Uh, if you're on the aisle side of the pew, if you would take the red friendship register that's there, sign your name to it. We would love to know of your presence here this morning, and especially if you're a guest. And there is some way that we could minister uh, with you or to you. Please uh, use that pad to indicate how we might do so. We would love to know of your presence here this morning. And, and after the service, I uh, would encourage you to join us under the fellowship tree in the courtyard and, so that we can continue uh, to get to know each other better. As we begin this morning, I wanted to uh, highlight a few announcements and encourage you to read through the others that are printed uh, in the bulletin. This is a time of year when there are a lot of new and interesting activities and ministry opportunities kicking off in our community of faith. But just to highlight a few of them, uh, having had the fall kickoff last week, we are starting uh, new small groups for children and youth and uh, groups and classes for adults this morning during the uh, 1015 time frame. And so you can find those listed in the bulletin. would encourage you to be uh, a part of one of those opportunities. Or over the course of the next few weeks, check out several different opportunities and find the one uh, that suits you best. Also in the area of student ministry, there will be an open house this Wednesday evening. Um, there's a, a small typo in the bulletin. It says from 6.30 a.m. to 8 o'clock p.m. You may have caught that. It's going to be a marathon open. It's actually not a marathon open house. It's from 6.30 in the evening until 8 o'clock in the evening. There'll be opportunities to learn about and to sign up for the uh, different trip and camp opportunities coming up during this next year. Also, you'll see that on the, the back page of the bulletin is uh, a piece from the nominating committee seeking your input on who you believe God is calling to serve in the role of elder, deacon, nominating committee member uh, during this next uh, three years of ministry. And so we would love to hear feedback from you on that. And uh, as we're, we're getting to that point in time where there's, I think the tickets are going fast, as I understand. I know we got our tickets this week, but the uh, John's retirement is coming up at the end of this month. We will have a celebration dinner in honor of John's retirement and Judy's retirement, which happened at the end of July. And then we'll have a roast in here. So the, the dinner is not roast necessarily. The roast <laughs> is what happens after the dinner. I don't know what the menu is, but John gets roasted after the dinner. So just so it's clear. And also, uh, this week our tutoring ministry began and we found there were uh, a number of additional students, dozens of additional students who signed up to receive tutors. And we, we don't have enough. So if you are able to volunteer an hour of your week to serve in the tutoring ministry Tuesday or Thursday afternoon, please, on uh, behalf of Judy Armitage, I ask for you to stop by the, the table where that Judy will be uh, staffing after this service. 
Those are all the announcements I have. Please do read through the others. Now let us continue to worship God. And the love of the King. 
As we go to prayer this morning, uh, let's take just a moment to be silent in our thoughts and in our meditations before the Lord, just a moment of silence. Our gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we come to you as children to their father. You're the one who designed the universe and you set our world into motion. But you are our Heavenly Father and you love us with an everlasting love. You see us in all our imperfections and, your, and our faults and failings and even our sins. And yet, you still love us. You correct us and discipline us at times because we do need it and you want to make us and mold us more and more into your own image and likeness. We're not what we used to be, but we're not what we're going to be either because you are not through with us yet. This all reminds us of who we are and also who you are. We're often unsure of what's best and uncertain of your will, so our prayer today is that you would make us and mold us after your own sovereign and divine will. We're thankful for the privilege of prayer because there are so many things that we need to pray about. We're people that often forget our proneness to sin and get lost in our own self-will. We consider ourselves good and moral people, but we confess that we constantly need you and there are others who need you, and they may never go to church or read the Bible, but they know us, and they watch our lives. So help us to be a witness for godliness and righteousness, and so to live that people will see something different in us. You've put us here for a purpose, so may our light shine that others may be drawn to you. We pray for the needs of our congregation today, those who are still away, physical needs, we want you to answer prayer for all of them. For those that are hurting this week, touch their bodies in definite ways, we pray. But through it all, uplift them emotionally and spiritually to blunt their discouragement and the spirit of defeat when bodies are weak and suffering. Help us to have the grace and humility to constantly seek reconciliation if we are out of sort with someone else. For those who are struggling with various needs, be they financial, otherwise, 
who need help for reasons that have put them in their straits. Lord, you know how to help them through these times. We pray again for our country's leaders. It's so hard to know what to think about the state of our current world, especially in the Middle East. We pray you'll help our leaders to be wise and discerning, and we pray, turning to you for guidance and direction, and keep our military as safe as possible as we face these uncertain times. You have said in your word, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and we earnestly desire your Holy Spirit across this country of ours. We pray, O Lord, that you'll be active in the affairs of our land. We thank you for the wonderful music ministry of John and Judy down through the years and pray that you'll bless and guide their journey ahead. And now we pray for Pastor Bruce as he brings the message. You've helped him in the preparation and the study. Now anoint him with your enabling and speak to us through him. And we pray all this with thanksgiving in the name of Jesus, who has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now let us rejoice in the giving of tithes and offerings. table before 
pray. We could not give to you, Lord, if you had not given us and graced us with every good and perfect gift. So we pray that uh, what is ours for the moment will be given to you so that you can bless what is yours. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. And now we have uh, Lori coming forth with uh, whatever she's going to share with us and the children. So if any kids want to come down and have a seat up here, we will have a little conversation before we go up to kids worship. Good morning. There are my audiovisual technical gurus. Thank you for being here. Good morning. Good morning. So great. Hi, guys. Come on down. You're almost there. Good to see you again. Hello. Hey, how are you? Hi, Serena. How are you? All right, I have a question for you. What do you know about a bumblebee? Anything at all, what do you know about a bumblebee? They have stingers. They have stingers. I'm not calling on you yet. I know you have a whole encyclopedia in your head, but I'll come back to you, Amy. What else do you know? They have wings. They have wings. What else do you know? They're striped with yellow and black. Right, that they're yellow and black striped. Anything? They make honey. They make honey. You got anything left, Amy? Anything yeah. at all? I see them up. I see them almost maybe 
10 times a day because we have, uh, because, well, we got a, we got some flowers that they like outside on two sides of our house, so we see them pretty often. Excellent, thank you. Well, here's a question. How do they get from one place to another place? How do they get there, Neil? What? Wings. Wings. They fly. Well, I have to tell you a little secret. There is a scientific fact. It's called the theory of aerodynamics. And guess what? It is physically impossible for bumblebees to fly because their wings are too small for their big, plump bodies. Isn't that crazy? But we've seen them fly, right? God makes them fly, even though it's impossible. Sometimes we might have situations in our lives that seem impossible, and that's when we have to trust God to care for us and to take care of what we might need. We're going to continue our story from last week. Remember Moses took all of those slaves, the ten plagues came to the king, to the pharaoh, and so he led these people out into the desert, and this is really cool. God led them with a big, big fluffy cloud during the day, which was great because it kind of blocked the sun in that hot desert, and at night, there was the big pillar of fire, which kind of warmed them in that cold desert night. So they're all going along, and they get to the sea, the Red Sea, huge sea, and they're camped there. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Pharaoh's going, what have I done? How am I going to get all my pyramids built? How am I going to get everything done? I let all those slaves go. Guys, let's get an army together, and let's go get them. And they got horses and chariots and thousands of men, and they went after those Israelites who were camped on the sea. Not on the sea, right next to the sea. Guess how those Israelites were feeling. They were so afraid, absolutely, because there's, nothing, there's nowhere for them to go. The ocean is right behind them. These thousands of men are coming, so they're either going to get killed or they're going to get captured and have to be slaves again. They were so afraid. And you know what Moses told them? Moses said, don't be afraid. Be calm because God will take care of you. You know what happened next? God had Moses just raise his arm over the Red Sea and it parted. Crazy, miracle, it parted, and they were able to walk along dry land. Now, I would have walked a little quicker, because you know they are still coming. So they get across, in comes this army into this parted sea, and then you know what God has Moses do? Raise his hand again and close the sea all over the army so they couldn't get him. I don't think that's going to be our impossible situation. Our situation that feels impossible might be going to a new school and not having any friends. Maybe our parents getting divorced. Maybe someone in our family who's really sick can feel like an impossible situation. Here's what God wants us to do. To trust him, to not be afraid, because he loves us so much and he will take care of us. The next time you see a bumblebee flying by, here's what I want you to remember. Nothing is impossible with God. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, sometimes we are afraid and sometimes situations do feel impossible. Help us to remember that you love us so much that you're bigger than anything that we would ever have to face and that you want what's best for us and will always care for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's go to kids worship. Come on.
Please be seated. Our scripture reading for this morning will be from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, the first five verses. But before we read God's Word, let us pray. Gracious God, we believe your Word is a light unto our feet. It is a lamp unto our path. We believe that when we open the Bible, seeking your truth, that your Holy Spirit illumines our hearts and minds so that we might not only hear the words, but understand them and be transformed by them. So we pray that in these moments, your Spirit would be very active in our midst. Amen. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Back uh, in seminary, my wife Cindy and I had the opportunity to go to Israel on a trip led by one of, the, one of my Old Testament professors. And it was an amazing trip. It was a, a wonderful trip. For me, getting to, to be in a, a number of the places that we read about in Scripture, just it, it brought the Bible to life in a new and a, a different kind of way. And, and I know that uh, some of us here today had the opportunity to go with Pastor Steve on that pilgrimage to Israel just about a year ago. And, and others of us may have had the opportunity to go at, at, at other times. And, and if you've been there, then you you might have had a similar kind of feeling with Scripture coming alive in a new way, being in the places where Jesus actually walked, where the prophets actually spoke, where all those things we read about in the Bible actually happened. So many amazing things to see there, experiences to have, but reflecting back on the trip, there are a, a few that stand out, especially. And, and one of those was the opportunity we had to go to the, the Mount of the Beatitudes, the, the very place where Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount. It's located in the north of Israel, 
It's on this uh, hillside overlooking the Sea of Galilee. And that Old Testament professor was, was wise. He arranged it with our guide so that we got to the, the Mount of the Beatitudes early, before any of the other uh, tourist buses arrived. And there is this outdoor chapel. It's a, a grape arbor with benches underneath it. And so our group uh, gathered there. We sat down and uh, we looked out over the Sea of Galilee. It was early enough in the morning that there was still uh, mist out over the waters. And in the distance, we could hear a, a flock of sheep as they bleated to one another. Now, the, the professor, each day, he, he invited uh, someone from the group to lead us in a devotion. And on that morning, he had invited Cindy and me to lead the devotion. And so sitting there on the Mount of the Beatitudes, we got to read back and forth, alternating voices between Cindy and me, the Sermon on the Mount. And as we were reading, in the mist of the lake, there came into view a, a fisherman in a boat just like the kind of boats that Peter and James and John fished from in Jesus' day. And, and that fisherman moved through the mist slowly across our field of view as we read the words from the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. It was the kind of a scene that just raised goosebumps on your arms to experience. Sitting there on that grassy hillside, overlooking the Sea of Galilee, and hearing Jesus' words that he spoke from that very place, Words that were heard by Peter and James and John. And seeing that fishing boat move across our line of vision. Never forget it. The, the Sermon on the Mount, not only the Beatitudes, filled with powerful, insightful kinds of words. Matthew chapters 5 to 7, just a few examples in the verses just after the, the Beatitudes. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And later on in the fifth, fifth verse, Jesus says to uh, for, forgive those who persecute you. Forgive your enemies and pray for them. Then in chapter 6, Jesus teaches his followers how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, just like we prayed a few minutes ago. And then toward the end of chapter 6, there are those verses that, that I grasped onto as my life verse during those seminary years. But do not worry, saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink or what will we wear? 
For it is the pagans who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. And then in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus speaks the golden rule in everything. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. For this is the law and the prophets. The the Sermon on the Mount, powerful words, insightful words, words to live by, right? Of course, certainly they're words to live by. But I have to admit that that third beatitude. Matthew chapter 5 verse 5. I, I didn't get that in the beginning. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Now I don't know about you but I, I don't have real positive associations with the word meek. It, it makes me think that Jesus is saying that I am supposed to be some kind of doormat that just lets people walk all over him. And, and I, I don't understand how that is supposed to work. I, I didn't understand that. It, it took a while to grasp that. And, and the inheriting the earth part, I didn't, didn't see how those two were related. And maybe you have some similar kinds of questions about the the third of the Beatitudes. It's found in Matthew chapter 5. Well, sometimes when there's a teaching that's difficult to understand, it's helpful to have an example, an an illustration to look at. And, And so thankfully, Jesus practiced what he preached. He lived his life as an example of what meekness looks like with skin on. But before we look at a few of those examples of what Jesus meant by uh, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth, let's just be clear that we have in our own mind what what our sort of uh, working assumption about meekness is. When you saw the title for the sermon this morning, and it said meek rhymes with what, what was the first word that came to your mind? Was it, was it cheek? No. Was it tweak? No. Was it peak? No. It was probably weak, wasn't it? Meek rhymes with weak. That's what we tend to think of, that meek and weak, they're kind of synonyms. They Basically, they mean the same thing. That must be what Jesus was talking about. And I think that's where our problem with understanding this beatitude comes from. If you uh, look on the cover of the bulletin, you may have wondered why in the world there is an elephant on the cover of the bulletin. And what I, I wanted to do was, was provide an image there of what meekness looks like. Now, the elephant is lifting his front foot and it is being looked at by a human trainer. Now, is the elephant lifting his front foot and allowing that human to mess with it because it is weak? Definitely not. I mean, the elephant could take that foot and squash the trainer 
if it wanted to. The elephant could pick up the trainer with its trunk and toss him who knows how far. No, the elephant lifting its foot for the human trainer to examine it is not a sign of weakness for the animal. Can we agree to that? What it is a, a, an indication of is the elephant's strength under control. That is an image of what Jesus is talking about when he says, blessed are the meek. Strength under control. And the master lived that out in so many different ways in his life. Just a, a few examples. If you look back at Matthew chapter 4, just the chapter before the Sermon on the Mount, you'll find recorded there that uh, when Jesus went, was out in the desert wilderness and the devil tempted him there. The devil tempted Jesus after he had fasted for 40 days, to turn the stones into bread. Why? Because Jesus was, was weak-willed and his, his hunger was, was going to overpower him? Is that why the devil tempted him? No, the devil tempted him because he knew Jesus had the power to do just that. Turn the stones into bread. Or the, the second temptation, when, when Satan took him to the pinnacle of the temple and said, throw yourself off, did he do it because Jesus was uh, spineless? And he thought he was uh, open to suggestions like that? No. No, it wasn't because of a character like that. It was because the devil knew that Jesus had angels at his beck and call. One word from the master's mouth. And they would have lifted him up. When Satan took Jesus to the high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the earth and said they could be his, was it because Jesus had a proclivity to be a, a doormat and let other people walk all over him? No. It was because the adversary wanted to see if the power of the Son was fully submitted to the will of the Father. In each of those cases, Jesus showed what meekness is about, strength under God's control. Think about when he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane and the Jewish religious leaders sent that, that band to take him into captivity. Did Jesus submit to the arrest because he was weak? He had no way to, to fight back? I mean, his disciples, those who were with him, their first reaction, their impulse was to resist violently. Listen to what Jesus said to them. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 53, do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father and He will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? Jesus allowed Himself to be arrested because He believed it was the Father's will. 
He showed us meekness. This was the same Jesus that earlier on in the Gospel of Matthew had taken Peter and James and John with him to the, to the mountain and in their sight been transfigured. He allowed the full glory of his divine inner being to shine out. Jesus, was, it was not out of weakness that he was arrested. It was because he chose to be meek and submit himself to the will of God. Or, or how about the crucifixion itself? In Matthew's account in the 27th chapter, the, the chief priests and the scribes and the Jewish elders are all mocking him. If you're the king of the Jews, come on down from the cross. You saved others. Why can't you even save yourself? Was he nailed to the cross because he was weak? No. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus had shown he had power even over death by saying to the little girl who had died, Talitha, kum. And she was revived. What Jesus was doing was showing meekness with skin on. So we might understand it. And, and yet obviously there is a difference in the way that he displayed this biblical definition of meekness and how he lived his life and you and me. We are different than Jesus. I mean, if we took a hike together, if you went on a hike with me up to a tall mountain and I tried my best to let all the light that is within me shine out, <laughs> you wouldn't even need sunglasses. You know, we're different than Jesus. And, and yet still, he, he said to us, blessed are the meek. For they will inherit the earth. And he calls us to follow his example. And so how might we live out imperfectly the, the kind of meekness that Jesus displayed in his life? Well, here's, here's something that might help us understand. I, I saw this uh, incredible vehicle yesterday. It was a humongous Hummer, a big H2. It was jacked up like four feet off the ground. The door started about right here. It had these monster tires. I don't even know how big they were. They weren't as big as the communion table, but they were as about as big as the organ over there. It was a huge vehicle. And what if all of us had monster Hummers like that? How would people treat us when we were driving on the Tamiami Trail? You think we'd get cut off very much? You think they'd park real close to us in the public's parking lot? But what if, even though we had this huge and powerful vehicle, we decided to be the most courteous drivers in Sarasota County? And we just let people go in front of us. Oh, go right ahead. Oh, no, after you. Go ahead. Be an example of meekness, power under control. As I've thought about this concept, I've come to appreciate more and more that, that meekness, it's, it's not about being servile. It's not about being a doormat. Rather, 
Meekness is about not having to impose our will even when we have the ability to do so. Meekness is about creating a space for the other person to be able to express himself or herself. It, it's made me appreciate more and more what we're attempting to do in the ministry of Life Tree Cafe. The Conversation Cafe happens every Sunday morning at 1015 over in the campus center. There's a, an interesting topic to discuss. And, and what impresses and, and what we're looking at is expanding out Life Tree in the community or Tuesday evening, um, sometime in October, we'll be doing that. The motto of Life Tree Cafe is this, and this is what really impresses me. It, and we speak this motto at the beginning of, of each episode. You are welcome here. Your thoughts are welcome here. Your doubts are welcome here. We're all in this together. And God is here, ready to connect with you in a fresh way. You see, I think that's a, a, a motto that is wonderfully informed by this meekness to which Jesus calls us. And so in our own lives, I, I believe that we can begin to live it out more and more as we uh, don't, even, even though we believe wholeheartedly in our Christian faith, even though we, we don't compromise on what we know Scripture teaches, even though uh, we, we don't uh, give up what we know to be true, neither do we impose our will on another. We leave that hospitable place for people to encounter the Lord on their own terms. And so what's the answer to the question meek rhymes with? Well, it's certainly not weak. Meek, friends, rhymes with spiritual humility. It rhymes with leaving that place for another to discover God on his or her own terms. Meek is about living life the way Jesus did. The power of our spiritual beliefs submitted to God's authority. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Amen.
And now as this service ends and when you go from this place, go with God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace now and forever. Amen.